KBTC, a viewer-supported community service of Bates Technical College. From KBTC Public Television Studios in Tacoma, Washington, it's the Northwest Now podcast. Each week, we take a closer look at the people and issues that affect all of us here in Western Washington. So sit back, relax, and join the conversation with your host, Tom Lason. With political tension spilling over into security worries at election offices and against staff, the Secretary of State's office is under the microscope, asked to keep elections safe and secure in the face of extremist threats, both foreign and domestic. Tonight, we sit down with our Secretary of State, who is already preparing for what promises to be one of the most consequential general elections of our lifetimes. Our discussion with Steve Hobbs is next on Northwest Now. The 2024 election cycle is going to be big nationally, but not much of a nail-biter here in Washington. Washington will likely deliver its electoral delegates to President Biden, and it looks like only the 3rd Congressional District will be competitive, possibly playing a key role in the balance of power in the U.S. House. The governor's race will be interesting since the Republicans are finally putting forth a credible candidate in Dave Reichert. But chances are the Democrats will retain the so-called trifecta, with the executive branch and the two houses of the legislature all under their control. Statewide ballot issues are interesting this year, unless the legislature steps in to approve them, which isn't likely. Voters will decide five big statewide ballot issues designed to largely unwind recent progressive wins on cap and trade, the capital gains tax, police pursuits, long-term care, and several others. Overseeing it all is the Secretary of State's office, a job currently held by National Guard Lieutenant Colonel and former 44th Legislative District Senator Steve Hobbs. Secretary Hobbs, great to have you in for a conversation here uh, at Northwest Now talking about the upcoming uh, election process. going to be a very quiet year for you, I'm sure. Oh, 20, yeah, I'm sure. 2024. Yeah. <laughs> um, Trump got on the primary ballot here, but there are still a lot of court activity taking place. And the, the state constitution is very clear about eligibility. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've been convicted of a felony mm -hmm. or charged with a wrongful act, it could still disqualify him in Washington, and these things are going to probably be appealed up through the court system. How late can you go down the road in the spring and summer mm -hmm. and still pull something back like a yo-yo if there's a change? Or is there a certain point where you're committed, you can't fix it? Well, obviously, we, I mean, once you print the ballots, that's per, pretty much the point of no return. But we've got plenty of runway at this particular moment because the election's not till November. We have an early presidential primary, which is coming up. Uh, your 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 viewers probably have received a ballot already. Yeah. Um, so we've got plenty of runaway on it. It's all rests upon the Supreme Court decision. Um, should happen uh, soon. And if you end up with court action that on some of those other cases that go drags into May, June, July, can you still make changes there? Or, or let me let me ask you this mm -hmm. question. Let's say there there was um, a problem with eligibility, but the voters' pamphlets and the ballots and everything have been printed. Is there a remedy for that? Is there a how, how would how does the state and, and how do county auditors address that if that ever did? At happen? that particular moment, we'd have to see what the courts would say. And yeah. we, we'd have to do what the courts ask us to do, um, but. 
again, we really don't have to worry about that till we get to the, the printing of the ballots, the printing of the... I guess I'm a worrywart, Steve. I, I see that you are. <laughs> um, I, I try to take things one election at a time, uh, what's just around the horizon, because it, it, there's just so much right now in elections. Yeah. Here's another big one. Um, this, the initiative process really went pretty quiet for the past couple of years, um, past couple mm -hmm. cycles. Um, this year, though, we've got a big slate of six very important um, ballot initiatives being put forth, uh, being put forth uh, Let's Go Washington, um, that roll back a lot of uh, legislative action over the past couple of years. Um, you guys are in the process. Talk a little bit about what the process is, what you have to do, and when you get a pile of six, um, what does that mean for your office oh, it, and how you do very, it? Uh, it's very nerve-wracking <laughs> when you get that many. Mm -hmm. uh, we have never had six initiatives to the legislature. We've certain ha certainly had multiple uh, initiatives to the people. But when you go straight to the legislature, that means there's a time crunch because we have to get these initiatives to the legislature so they can act upon them. And usually, it, typically, it takes about two weeks to process an initiative but we had our folks working double shift, uh, the permanent staff did some extra work, and so we were able to get all of these initiatives out. In fact, they're all out right now. They're at the legislature, and so they're gonna have to act uh, on these initiatives. But it was really tough. You know, they come in, you have to count, yeah, you, know, so you gotta count them the all. There's, well, there's, there's a, there, I won't go into great detail with the, the percentages that you, you look at because there, there's a lot of math involved, but, uh, well, you've got to get a statistically a, valid sample exactly. of the signatures that have been gathered, exactly. right? Yeah. And that goes back to legislation back in the 70s. And then uh, those have to be verified. Now, the thing that happens is you've got both sides who have very strong views about this, right? right? So, you know, I'm getting harassed by legislators on both sides and advocates uh, and, and uh, uh, opponents on both sides. Like, when are you going to get it done? When are you going to get it done? And did you really check everything? And yeah. I assure you, we checked everything. Um, and they're all out there. So now it's not in my hands. It's in the legislature's <laughs> hands at this particular moment I, until uh, we have to deal with it on the ballot. Right, right. I know your comment about uh, being harassed was tongue-in-cheek when it comes to lawmakers, <laughs> yes. but it's deadly serious when it's coming to some of the threats that have been coming in from the, the mail and other places. Um, there's suspicious mailings. You, there's been some baking soda, traces of fentanyl to several offices, county auditors around the state. Um, you've, you've proposed the Election Protection Act, which I think is great, as a Class C felony. I guess my first question is, why not A or B? I mean, if you're in there trying to inhibit the democratic process and making people fear for their lives um, because you're a nut. Um, I don't know about C. Why not B or A? Well, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's politics. You, gotta, you, you take what you can get, that's what I can get. Um, but we need to have it, and absolutely, you're absolutely right. With all the threats out there, fentanyl, uh, physical harm that has been um, uh, talked about on our election workers. Kim yeah. Wyman was threatened with her life. The auditor in Thurston County was threatened with her life. So it's it's a real threat. You it's, had any threats? Um, I There was a post uh, talking about we need a noose for Steve Hobbs. Um, mm -hmm. So yes, the, the threats are out there and we do need to protect our election workers because we're talking about our democracy. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. So what's the process on your proposal? Um, how do, where does it stand? So right now it is in the Senate um, I'm hoping that uh, we'll get a hearing soon and then we can pass it out. Um, when you have something that occurs like that, 
all of a sudden I see this jurisdictional, and you're, you're, you're a military guy, so you know what, how different commands get involved <laughs> in just about everything. But now you've got maybe BATF and FBI and the county law enforcement and the state secretary of state department. I don't know if you guys actually have law enforcement people attached to you or not. But I mean, how, how do you coordinate this? Who's responsible for the response? Um, how have you managed through this? Sure, we're a well-oiled machine, actually. We Unfortunately, right? <laughs> That's right. We yeah. communicate uh, quite frequently with our federal partners and, of course, with our 39 county auditors. It's almost on a, it's a daily basis on communication when the elections are out, the ballots are out. Uh, so we're constantly talking to one another to make sure that we have a smooth operation. When the fentanyl happened, you know, immediately we were talking to our 39 county auditors. We were sharing information on what the, the envelope looked like that was passed along the FBI and the U.S. Postal Service. And because of that, we were able to warn some other counties in different states that this piece of mail was coming their way and they were able to stop it before, um, before anyone opened it. So that is great. So the communication has been very smooth. Um, the other thing that we have is uh, every couple of months we have classified briefings with Homeland Security. So I'm not just worried about the insider threat and domestic threat. Right. I'm, I'm very concerned about the outside threat. That was my next question. Actors, yeah. <laughs> so go, go ahead and talk a little bit how you manage the, the international component to this. Um, that was a big factor last time. And um, ha have things improved? Do, do you think we'll, um, we've made some incremental uh, strategic moves to uh, help thwart that a little bit? How do you see that? Uh, the moves that we have made is basically trying to fortify our, our systems uh, through cyber, uh, for instance, making sure that every 39, all 39 counties have an Albert sensor. They don't. There's three counties that don't, and and so we're trying to trying to convince them to do it. Unfortunately, what is that? So an Albert sensor is basically a detection device. Uh, so if you have a bunch of data coming from a suspicious IP, it kind of sends up a war uh, a warning, a, a red flag. And unfortunately, because of a misinformation campaign that happened in 2022. Uh, saying that the Albert sensor is tied to George Soros, it looks at your metadata, uh. all this is not true. Uh, a county removed it, Ferry County removed their Albert sensor because of these lies. We had to convene a group of the FBI, Homeland Security. We had Kim Wyman came back to talk to these county honors and commissioners to please keep this Albert sensor. Unfortunately, that those three counties have not put their, their Albert sensor on. And we're trying to do what we can through just persuasion, them yeah. having them talk to... Homeland Security, but also providing funding that if they had the Albert sensor on, we can give them the funding. Unfortunately, I might have to take it to a next, uh, the next level, which is requiring them to do that. Yeah. Do you have any a budget for or to, to do public messaging at all? Can, can you put a message from Secretary of State Steve Hobbs into those counties and say, you've heard this, this isn't true, please talk to your people in the county to get this? I mean, do you, can you do that? So what we have been doing is working with our county auditors because some counties, they're not going to trust, they're not going to trust me because I'm a Democrat, right? So you have the county auditor give you the message. You can see my eyes just them. roll. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, the, that's the situation we're in right now. But yeah. that's good because we're working with our county auditors. Yeah. The thing now, messages can't simply be about, hey, don't forget to vote. It has to be about the, the ballot process, letting people know, hey, did you know that the tabulation machines are not connected to the Internet, so you right. cannot hack into them? Did you know this state is part of ERIC, the Electronic Registration Information Center, so that if someone moves to another state and registers there, we'll know about it. If someone tries to vote twice in the same election, 
we know about it. When dead people vote, how many dead people vote? Yeah, yeah. We will know about it. Um, but the thing is, no, a lot of people don't know about that, and that's the problem. Here's one that I found kind of jaw-dropping, as I'm sure you did. Apparently, there are mailboxes around that people are putting their ballots in, and those mailboxes are dead. They are no longer tended to by the post office. They're just a piece of hardware sitting out on the street uh, uh, of trapping people into putting their ballots in. That's just crazy. Um, we talked a little bit about the progress you've made on yes. this. So that was, that was a stressful moment for me. <laughs> um, yes, they, the people were dropping these uh, ballots in these, uh, you know, the, the tradition, we've all seen them, these blue federal uh, uh, boxes that you drop off. And unfortunately, they could not access them. Uh, because some of them were new or a malfunctioning lock. And so we have worked with the U.S. Postal Service. I, I, I definitely talked to them because I was very concerned about it, and they have assured us that they'll make sure that those things are cleared out and checked out um, before ballots show up. So if they're present, they're operational. If they're not operational, get them out of there. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> right. And that's what they want to do is, like, if, if, it doesn't, if, they, if the mail carrier does not have access just remove the box. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not just sense. the ballots, right? Somebody could be somebody's bill or something. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I'm going to talk to you about, too, is fake news. It's, it's interesting, um, you know, that you interface with so many of these different areas that are in our society right now um, through the Secretary of State's office because they all impinge on the democracy to some degree, too, in the voting process. So you're, you started the Security and Response Division. Mm -hmm. um, You've said democracy can be fragile, which unfortunately we've proven to be very true around here. One of the big problems um, that you're trying to deal with that is fake news. So how did you go about, uh, talk a little bit about the contract you let and what, sure. the, what is happening there to try to keep um, bad information out of the public sphere? Sure, the best way to combat misinformation is with the truth uh, and letting people know how the ballot process is being done. But as us as an office, we need to know what the tre what's trending out there on social media. Mm -hmm. And so we contract with Logically. Logically scans the social media, brings us the messages, the top line messages that are happening that are that are hot. So, for example, if we see a message that says the ta looks like elections can be hacked because the tabulation machines can can be right. can be hacked. Well, we can work with the media and we can put out our own social media saying, hey, they're not connected to the Internet. Right. Uh, those are the things that we can do to push back on. Also, we might notice a, a trend of some misinformation that might be coming from a foreign actor. You know, one of the things that I'm concerned about because of the advent of AI is this misinformation that comes in uh, that, that we saw from AI. For example, New Hampshire, there was a, a Biden robocall, but it was not Biden. Right. My fear is that there might be a robocall from somebody like me or their elections um, elections official in their local county telling them, hey, you don't have to put in that ballot now. Wait, wait till yeah. next week or something. Or, or we've experienced a major problem. Please hold your ballots. We'll have yes. more information. Something very credible sounding. Exactly. You, know? yeah. you could have a teletown hall with because uh, most of the federal electeds do it, right? Yeah. I, I've been to a, a Susan Del Benny uh, teletown hall and they'll call call your phone and you give op, you have options to, to listen in. You listen in. Well, guess what? Now with AI, this could happen, and it's not Susan Del Benny, right? Yeah. It's a it's another actor, and uh, you know that is my concern. Yeah, with uh, with the current AI situation. As you well know, when you start talking about hiring a British company, 
to monitor people's social media feeds, that just in and of itself is the kernel for a major conspiracy theory. It certainly and, is. And pushback yeah. and problems. So, but you know, the, my point is they're, uh -huh. they're putting this stuff on a public platform. Well, that, that's my point. Is like you're not reading I, I, their mail. I've had people complain <laughs> right. that you're, you know, you're surveilling. I'm not surveilling anything. <laughs> I'm reading your Facebook right? post. I, yeah. you're, then don't post it, right? right. And, yeah. and the thing is, in order for me to know what's going out there in social media, um, you have to have, uh, you have to have a service to do that. Otherwise, you have to hire, you know, 50 or 100 people to look at social media all day long, and we don't want that. Do you think there's ever, since you sort of crossed that Rubicon? Uh, could not Steve Hobbs, but a future Secretary of State monitor it for un-American activity? I don't, it, have you built something that you can't reel back? I don't know how you can do that for, for two reasons. Number one, it, all it is is scanning social media, um, which everyone does access publicly, right? Everyone can look at it. And the other thing is the Public Records Act. So people can make public records requests, which they are doing right now, and and, and let everyone know what's going on. I mean, that people can do public records requests right now. So I don't, I don't see that happening. What is the work product you get from, logically, this British company? What is, do you get a, a We do, we, we, there, there's a report and it tells you, hey, th this is what's trending, this is what's hot. And right now, obviously, there's not, probably not much going on right now, but I, I'm assuming as we get into this presidential election, we'll see more and more. Is any of it tied to individual accounts? Like, can you see that Bob Smith is posting this so we can deal with Bob Smith? Or is it name agnostic and you're just looking at keywords? What do you So get? what it does, it, it tells you what's hot, but then it gives you an example. So it'll pull um, somebody's Facebook post or, or X or whatever and say, this, this is kind of like what, what we're seeing out there. But uh, we're not going to go after that particular person because, one, we can't do it. It doesn't make any sense. What we'll do is we'll go, okay, well... We see something's trending, so we're going to put our own social media posts. We'll go to the media, we'll, you know, we'll go to the, the news. We'll go to you and we'll yeah. say, hey, look, this is trending. Could you please put it out to the public that tabulation machines cannot be hacked? What if you find, though, that that account is a foreign actor? And that, yes. Do you well, have a way? Is, that is something where we'll, if, if it looks mm -hmm. like it's a foreign actor, we'll probably let Homeland Security know. Mm -hmm. Chances are they probably already know. Yeah, right. But, um, would definitely. I mean, I would want us to take that step. You've talked about public records, and uh, just you know, from the point of disclosure, I'm a member of the Washington Coalition of Open Government, and uh, do a program every year about open about the PRA and the OPMA. And uh, right now, you know, I'm going to tell you straight up, it's under threat. Um, it was a very powerful initiative that passed in this state, but the legislature over time has slowly chipped away with it, uh, chipped away at it, and now is claiming a, a, a blanket legislative privilege against um, disclosure of records. Um, county and city agencies as, as well have been lobbying heavily in the legislature to pass laws to mm -hmm. restrict access to public records, mm -hmm. to make the process slower, to reduce the penalties for non-disclosure. You are the custodian of public records. I understand mm -hmm. that you don't make policy, but I would like to know your position about government transparency and what you think about some of the efforts currently underway to restrict, reduce, and diminish transparency in well, this I, state. Well, you know, I do want to see transparency. That's my speech. <laughs> there you go. I do want to see transparency in government, and, and you're right. The role of my office is to make sure people have access to that. That's why we're digitizing a lot of records. Or, and, and not just our office, but other offices trying to make it so it's easier for people to access. 
My fear is the weaponization that's hap happening. I don't mind the press or a citizen that, that's trying to get more information because they're, they're being wronged. My fear is um, going after a small county or an agency with, with a whole bunch of public records requests for the sole purpose of slowing it down. With the advent of AI, the weaponization of public records by foreign actors can be a real thing. It hasn't happened yet. But imagine, if you will, using an AI generation and using macros, generating multiple public records requests to target a specific county for, during an election time. I'm concerned about that. And so maybe the thing that people should be looking at is instead of all these restrictions, maybe just saying, hey, look, maybe we can find out if, if it is anonymous, there must be a way Maybe it's through the, the CAPTCHA uh, to, to ensure yeah. this person's a real human being yeah. because the technology has advanced so much right. the that leaves us vulnerable. The big problem is that the gadflies and what are called malicious requesters, mm -hmm. they, are, they are the, the what was the name of the horse that went into Troy? Um, oh, the Trojan horse? The Trojan yeah, horse yeah, yeah. That, is, that the legislature, lawmakers, and policymakers are using to hang their hats on to neuter the PRA to some degree for legitimate pur purposes. It's a, it's a tough balance there. I understand both sides of the argument. Um, is there anything you can do as the Secretary of State to help facilitate small governments, small counties, small cities, small agencies, small water districts, <laughs> to help them um, be more transparent, to digitize their records, to get them online, where if a records request comes for everything, they just go, well, push a couple buttons there. Sure. Well, the good thing is we're kind of doing that right now with our archives. Now, it, it's up to the counties to send them our way, and, and we will certainly help them. Uh, the problem, though, is the cost, too, for us uh, to digitize everything and to store all this. It's yeah. not free. Yeah. And so that, that is certainly an issue. The last time I talked to Kim Wyman, a lot of the state archives was in some basement somewhere with leaky pipes threatening. And has that been resolved at all? Or did you get handed that? Um, where is that process of maybe even building a beautiful new shiny archive building? Is that something? Boy, that, that would be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the leaking is still happening. Okay. We are still doing with this issue. And it's just not just archives, but libraries too. So we call it the lab building with libra libraries and archives building. And we're still going through the permitting process. Um, we'll see what happens. Also, we're suffering from budgetary issues because, you know, the original cost was not what it is now because yeah. of inflation. Also, we're dealing with higher interest rates, which affect the bond rating. So all these problems are kind of happening all at the same time. We're dealing with each of them as they come along. We've got some heroes in the legislature that's helping us to uh, meet that, that delta that we have in, in, in yeah. money. But we still have to wait for the interest rates to probably fall a little bit. And we're still working with Fish and Wildlife to deal with our permitting issues. Yeah, and you know, revenue projections have been have been looking good, and and, and to me, archiving and uh, that process seems like a worthy a worthy receptacle for some of that overflow funding. So I'm I'm not here to lobby on your behalf, Steve. I'm just telling you that I think uh, you know that's important. It'd be nice to see see that happen and and work on that to continue to move forward. Um, last two minutes here. What should the average person be doing this year? You know, if they're afraid of outside actors, or, um, is, is there anything, if they see something, should they say something? What would, they, what would that be if they saw it? Sure. I'm just wondering what you would like to tell the average voter. Well, number one, you just use common sense, right? If, 
if you're seeing something, a message, first of all, who's this person that's sending this message, that right. you're seeing this message? Unfortunately, people, you know, my age and older, we like to reshare things, and, and that, is n that is not the way you should do it, right? Just pause a little bit. Also, look at the message. Look at the information. Can you verify it? Check out two sources. Look, if, if you're a conservative and you love Fox News, great. Check out Fox News, see if it's on there too, but also check out another news source. So verify what is going on. The other thing is, if you have any questions, instead of getting mad about it, just ask. Go to uh, sos.wa.gov. Go to uh, votewa.gov. If you don't trust me, go to your county auditor. You should trust them. They're your, they're your local elections official. You can contact them, and they'll, they'll let you know what's going on. And you can actually go down and see the election process go, happening with your own eyes and be an observer. So there's lots of good opportunities to actually get off your sofa and get your thumbs off your phone and to actually do something is what you're That's saying. Right. Don't, don't <laughs> yell at a cloud. Um, go yell at us. <laughs> you know, yeah. go, go ask us a question. Yeah. Well, like we mentioned at the start, you've got a big year coming up. Uh, this will be kind of your your test, if you will, a, a major presidential election and a big one in the state as well. And uh, we wish you the best of luck going forward. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Steve. With mail-in voting that starts in October and a long history of Democratic control, you might make the argument that our upcoming election will be a snooze fest. The bottom line, be that as it may, the Secretary of State's job is to run elections smoothly and securely. And I wish Steve Hobbs the best of luck and thank him for coming to Northwest Now.